morning, CLC. This is the third Sunday of Advent. Let's continue to prepare our hearts for the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The scripture reading for today is from Isaiah 11, 1 through 10. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a red from his roots shall bear fruit, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And, the, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see, or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor, and decide with equity with the, with the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion, and the fattened calf together. And a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hunt or destroy in all my holy mountains, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> I thought I heard something going on in here. <laughs> I hope you don't mind if I join you. My name is Anna. You must be visitors. I don't think I've seen you here before, and I should know I'm always here. <laughs> I've been coming to this temple pray longer than many of you have been alive. Let's see, it's over 60 years now. Ever since my husband died. We had seven years together. But after he died, I began coming here. This is where I've been ever since. My friends used to say to me, Anna, why don't you go with us to the market? Or, Anna, why don't you visit your relatives in Galilee? You'd have a nice time. Or, my favorite, Anna, why don't you remarry a nice Jewish man? But by now, they know I will not. <laughs> and by now, my friends have gone on in their lives without me. I do get to see them and hear from time to time. But they still don't understand how I can spend all my life praying and fasting here in this temple. I understand where they come from because I've been there, but 
They don't understand me. I asked them once, what is out there that is greater than what is in here? And they couldn't answer me. No, if that King David were alive, he would understand me. When I think about all of the beautiful psalms he's written, about longing for the presence of God and seeking the Lord day and night, one of his verses goes like this. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I ask, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Oh, David, if you only knew. I am doing just that. And it's more marvelous than anything I have ever imagined. Like I said, I've tried to explain myself to my friends, but they just don't get it. Let me see if I can explain it to you. You see, I am compelled by my heart to seek the Lord's presence. Compelled by my desire for God. I can do nothing else. Only His presence satisfies my heart and soul. Oh, my strength. I watch for you, oh God, you are my fortress, my loving God. Psalm 59.9 To think the one who created the heavens and the earth spoke them into being is willing to let me speak to him to hear from him and ask of him. And in return, I am filled with wonderful things. Things you can't find at a market. I'm filled with joy. I'm filled with great peace and purpose. When the Spirit of God comes upon me, everything in the world seems of no consequence. All that remains is God himself. And this is how so many years can go by without regretting how I've spent them. And I've not regretted a single day. In my heart, in my mind, I always draw near to God. Oh yes, my friends feel I'm missing out. But it's the other way around. I've also stayed here so very long because I'm compelled by the desperate need of my people. Growing up, I have seen and experienced living under the oppression of an enemy. The harshness of men who do not fear God. Oh, they have a lot of gods, which is to say they don't have any. 
for they do not know the one true God. But I tell you this, it is time for our deliverance. I am sure of it. Because one day something happened right here that makes me sure. I was walking through the temple, praying as is my custom, when I saw Simeon praying with the young couple right over there. It's not unusual, but I looked again and thought, who is that with Simeon? I didn't recognize the man or the woman. But something was happening and I recognized it as the stirring of the Spirit of the Lord. As I moved closer to them, the Spirit of the Lord came upon me and I knew, I knew that there in the arms of that young mother was the future of Israel. I heard some of what Simeon was saying. The rise and fall of many in Israel, a sign to be spoken against, many hearts to be judged. When the Simeon finished speaking, I became overwhelmed with emotion in the presence of the Spirit. And my lips gave way to God, and I prophesied about the child and about our people. Wonderful words, beautiful promises, mysterious things, and scriptures came into my mind like this one. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged until he establishes justice on earth. Did the parents hear? Did they understand? Did I understand? No. No. Because who can fully grasp the plans of the Almighty? His understanding no one can fathom. So overcome by the impact of this revelation, I ran to those praying and I said, Stand to your feet, lift up your heads, your answer is right here. And one man said to me, Silly woman, you do not even know what I was asking. How can my answer be here? And I responded, it doesn't matter what the question, your answer is here. There is a child, pay attention to him. And I gathered some to show them the child and we came back and they had gone. I frantically searched the crowd trying to see where the family was. How could this be? I wanted to run out of the temple, but even if I did, I wouldn't be able to catch up with them because I'm too old. Those who had come with me drifted away. I know that I belong here in the temple. So, I've decided to be content to watch and listen for news of this child. Surely such a great anointing will not go unnoticed. I'm sure to hear of this child.
wonder, how will he show himself to our people? How will he throw off our enemies? How will he take the throne? And now I tell those who come here just what I've told you. God has sent a deliverer for us. Our deliverer has come. Our deliverer has come. Well, good morning, everyone. In that vignette we just watched together, we are introduced to Anna the prophetess, who was waiting at the temple with great expectation for the coming of her savior, the hope for the world. For most of us, waiting is so very hard to do. Regardless of the circumstances for our waiting, we are just not wired to be comfortable with it especially in our modern world of microwave cooking, desire for immediate results, and habit for instant gratification. But waiting is often what God asks us to do because waiting makes us become still, attentive, and focused. Anna was waiting expectantly for something, actually someone to come. And then there appeared Mary and Joseph with a little baby boy. I'm going to read from Luke 2, verses 36 to 38. And if you have your Bibles, you can follow along in them. So starting with verse 36. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, from the tribe of Asher. And she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She called, she talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. And that's the word of the Lord. This, this passage from Luke contains the theme of waiting. In the Bible, there are seven words in Hebrew and Greek that can be translated. Wait, waited, or waiting. And in one study I found, the word wait appears over a hundred times in the Bible. Wait for the Lord or wait for your God are repeated many times in scripture. Like in Psalm 27, verses 13 to 14, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. This discipline of waiting helps us to slow down, to focus. Waiting, according to Psalm 27, helps us to see the goodness of God in this world with all of its distractions that turn our eyes away from God. And especially now during the season with the pandemic, many of us need to see more goodness to counter the sadness and grieving. God instructs us to wait for him, which I take to mean to follow him, 
to keep step with him and not to get ahead by ourselves. I'm sure many of you know how it feels to walk with little toddlers in tow or elderly persons who need walkers to get by. I tend to walk fast and, and I realize I need to slow down, even stop and actually stand still for them to catch up. And that's what God is asking us to do. Psalm 46, verse 10, these are well-known words of counsel to us. Be still and know that I am God. God commands us to be still so that we can truly know him. When we are waiting, we can be stationary, not going anywhere, but be still. And when we are still, if not literally, but at least figuratively, we can worship totally engaged. And that was exactly what Anna was doing at the temple. From her example in Luke 2, waiting for God is a part of our worship. From verse 36 and 37, we learned that Anna apparently lived at the temple 24-7. She never left. And scripture tells us she stayed all day and all night. And what did she do while at the temple? The text tells us she worshiped God fasting and praying. You have to understand that back in Anna's time, God met his people at the temple. So if Anna is hanging out all the time at the temple, she is in the right place to meet, see, and experience God. Today, if Jesus is your Lord, you have the gift of the Holy Spirit. So you can meet God wherever you are. We can wait on the Lord and worship wherever and whenever we want to. So my question for you, during Advent, how can you develop the discipline of being still to wait on the Lord like Anna? Give it a try and see if you can see, as Psalm 27 tells us, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. During this Advent season, as we are in total lockdown mode now in the Bay Area, due to the rise in COVID cases and a shortage of ICU beds, as we are waiting for it to run its course for a month, in our waiting, take advantage of this opportunity to worship God, to fast and pray like Anna, to experience more of God in the waiting. So go ahead and put on those headsets so you don't disturb your roommates or other family members who might be on their Zoom calls and blast your favorite praise music to worship. Open the Bible and meditate on God's words for you or sit and be still and listen to the Lord's quiet voice in solitude. Maybe it's 10 minutes, maybe it's half an hour or even longer. Maybe it's two times a week, maybe every day. Do this through Advent and tell me in a month if you don't experience a new joy from waiting for God in worship. The next thing I see from Anna's example in the scripture passage is that waiting for God means giving up things. From verses 36 to 37, we are told that Anna was an old woman. Verse 36 says she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. Anna was only married for seven years, and then tragically her husband died. She 
She never remarried, apparently, and there is no mention of children. She likely had no other occupation since she never left the temple to go to work. She had no home of her own because she lived at the temple day and night. Anna, I, I surmise, gave up on new relationships like remarrying, gave up having children, sacrificed career and a house to worship at the temple while she waited on God. Waiting meant giving up all these things, which Anna had no problem doing. Because for her, worshiping God was sufficient and satisfying enough. Life in the temple with God was not boring to her. All the things we may think are important in this world, things which Anna let go of, can sometimes become idols to us and prevent us from actually worshiping God fully. God's first commandment in the Ten Commandments found in Exodus 20, in verse 3 to 5, are, you must not have any other God but me. Followed by the second commandment, you must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in, in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. Relationships, family, children, work, and career, material things like our homes can become idols. These worldly things, which can be good in some sense, can still distract us from fully worshiping our God. For Anna, to wait expectantly for God meant giving up those worldly things for unworldly things like prayer and fasting. Worship is not a gimme, gimme, gimme mindset. In a consumer-oriented society, many of us come to worship to only receive. Worship is not entertainment. It's not a spectator sport. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's a filling up by God when we meet him. But when we wait on the Lord in worship, there's a giving up too. We bring offerings and sacrifices to him. As I look back in my own personal life, waiting has been a big part of my life. And in the waiting, God seemed to tell me to give up things. And in the waiting, to trust in him alone, that he would give me something better. When I applied to a prestigious private school for college, God said, wait, actually waitlisted. Giving up on what I thought was my dream school, instead, he gave me the best public university in the world. When I was enamored by a woman in college and things were not working out, God said, wait on a girlfriend. And I reluctantly gave her up, trusting God to give me someone later. When everyone was getting acceptance letters for local dental schools, I was anxious because the slots were filling up. And when I got the first one, I did not really want to go out of state. God said, wait. And two months later, I got my first choice locally. When I was ready to finish my training in four years, God said, wait again. Ashamed and embarrassed of my perceived failure of not finishing on time and waiting another year to get out of school, B 
being depressed, I wanted to give up my life. Again, God said, wait, and told me, come to me, all of you who are tired from carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. On that day, I gave my life to Jesus, and in return, God gave me incredible joy and peace. And a few years later, I met the woman I would eventually marry. Even there, God said, wait, playing our version of mail tag. Got to remember, back then, there was no texting. Where our first date did not take place until almost a year later. And that woman brought me to this church where I've stayed for 35 years to worship. For sure, I have a lot more years to catch up to Anna the prophetess, but I have her same excitement to wait on the Lord to see how he will be working in our midst. So a question for all of you. During this Advent season, how is God asking you to wait? Can you trust him when you willingly give up something to wait on the Lord? Waiting for God is part of our worship. Waiting for God means usually giving up things. And the third thing I see from Anna is that she was waiting for God with anticipation. Verse 38 says, she came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. Anna was not sleeping on the job. Her vocation was prayer, constantly praying. She was alert and on the lookout. Anna was waiting for God with great anticipation. She was like many other people at the temple, who in verse 38 says, who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. Anna was searching for the Savior, her Messiah. And when baby Jesus appeared at the temple, to be dedicated by his parents according to Jewish law. In the arms of Mary, Anna, with great anticipation, a woman who spent a lot of time with God, likely at that moment, through the guidance of the Spirit of the Lord, recognized Jesus as the deliverer of Jerusalem. She began to praise God and prophesy to all to hear of the coming of the Christ, their deliverer. You know, I admit, waiting is difficult. And for me, there are two kinds of waiting, good and bad. So I want to talk about the bad kind first to get it out of the way. Bad waiting is accompanied by worry and fear, like sitting outside the principal's office trying to figure out why I got called out of the class to see her waiting for the biopsy results to find out whether benign or malignant, or waiting desperately for that job offer so you can pay the bills again. In contrast, good waiting is with excitement and great anticipation, like at amusement parks, waiting in those serpentine lines for the most popular rides, or waiting nine months for your child to be born, or as kids waiting for Christmas Day to open that box under the Christmas tree that possibly might be the highly coveted PlayStation 5. 
Waiting is so very hard. Going back to Anna, I want us to appreciate the fact that she was a widow. Widows back in biblical times may have ranked just above orphans and below slaves because even slaves had masters who took care of them. Widows were basically destitute if they had no family to support them. Often they would have to remarry to survive or beg for the charity of others. For Anna, who was in the temple for at least 60 years and maybe 84, depending on your interpretation, foregoing remarrying, foregoing working, waiting for the Lord was to her all worth it. And God rewarded her waiting with anticipation, with the presence of her Savior. Her excitement of actually seeing her Lord Jesus, even as a little baby, made her heart leap for joy to praise God. So what makes your heart leap for joy? Many of you know I, I love to go fishing. Whenever I see or feel my fishing rod tip quiver, my heart leaps for joy. There's such an adrenaline rush when I battle whatever's on my fishing line. There's great anticipation, excitement to see what is on that hook. Better than me describing for you, here's a taste of what I experience. Wow, it, my heart just jumps every time I see that. Like Anna, my heart leapt for joy, seeing that bluefin tuna finally flopping on the boat deck. Even though my arms felt like mush and being totally exhausted from over an hour fighting that fish to the boat, the wait to land my catch was well worth it. I recently came across this description. His exploits are legendary. What he has to teach you may very well mean the difference between life and death. Guess where that is from? Yep, a trailer for Top Gun 2, referring to Captain Pete Mitchell, or better known as Maverick. But when I heard that teaser, you know who else came to mind? Today is the third Sunday of Advent. Advent is a time of year where Christians all over the world are waiting for the coming of Christ. The waiting is definitely worth it because Jesus is a gift worth the wait. Again, Jesus is a gift worth the wait. Barring from that movie line, Jesus' exploits are legendary. What he has to teach you may very well mean the difference between life and death. And this truth is proclaimed in scripture too. Romans 6 verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. This Advent, will you give up, or better yet, offer something to God as part of your worship, as you wait with anticipation for the coming of Christ? I want to take a moment to address some of you out there who are listening to me right now. If you want to have what Anna had, 
something the world cannot satisfy you with? Do you want that rest, peace that I received almost 40 years ago when I made Jesus my Lord and Savior? Then I invite you to just pray now to God along with me these words. God, I can't do it on my own anymore. I recognize that I need your help. So I turn over my life into your hands and give over to you control to be the boss of my life. And I believe in your son, Jesus, who died on the cross for me and rose again. Jesus is your gift to me. Through him, I may have everlasting life and eternal peace. Amen. If you genuinely prayed those words with me for the first time, I invite you to contact our church, contact me, and we would love to help you draw closer to God. With great joy in my heart, I declare to you, our deliverer has come, and he is Jesus. Jesus is a gift worth the wait. Again, Jesus is a gift worth the wait. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we give praise for your son, Jesus, who fulfills prophecy that there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. We ask for your grace and mercy in the season of Advent as we offer ourselves as living sacrifices while we wait with great anticipation for the coming of Christ. All glory to him above. And I pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.